Just the look of the call makes you so giddy to be an American duck hunter. Bring the beat back. Chad Belling back at you. Chad's an OG, but his call calling game ain't got nothing on me. Get him, boys. That's a duck. Hey, in this room, it's so hot in here, maybe I'll start to believe it myself. Welcome to the foul life. We merely exist in a duck's world. We train, breathe, and live by the migration. All of that goes into this crazy life of a duck hunter. We're steadfast, unwavering, the last of a breed. It is our right to hunt. I still believe it's a privilege, too. We are the foul life with Chad Belding. Proudly brought to you by Benelli, Bandit, Yukonuba, and Traeger. It's so foul, like birds and stuff. Hey everybody, what's going on? Chad Belding, glad you're here. Another episode of the Foul Life Podcast. Thank you all for listening. The downloads are awesome. We're so fired up. We are actually coming at you live from upstate New York, Basswood Lodge. And I'm joined by my good buddy, the owner of Basswood Lodge, Nick McNamara, and my other good friend, Tom Kumianek of Securit Firearm Storage and Gun Safes that are located right here in Syracuse, right outside of Syracuse, New York. So this is a New York show. I love the goose hunt up here. It's the September molt migration for Canada geese, the farming, the Amish communities, the chicken wings, the pumpkin patches, the corn, the dairies, New York, upstate New York, the St. Lawrence River Valley, right outside the Adirondacks, right above the Catskills. I mean, this state is amazing, and a lot of people don't know it because we only think of NYC, New York City, Manhattan, the boroughs. Central Park, everything that has gone into the history of New York, it sometimes just comes out in the wash as, hey, New York City, New York City, there's a lot more to this state. The outdoors, the fishing, the smallmouth bass fishing on the St. Lawrence River, and what we're doing right now, waterfowl hunting, the deer hunting, the turkey hunting. New York's awesome, not to mention all the fishing on the offshore part of it. So Nick McNamara, my boy Tom from Secure It, we had an unbelievable hunt today, so we're going to throw down, we're going to talk about what the molt migration is we're going to talk about secure it the brands the companies everything that we are experiencing here in new york it's my first time having tom up here we have an awesome crew this is going to be another great episode of the foul life podcast we're going to break for a couple minutes just to pay some bills hear a few words from our partners and sponsors and then we're going to dive straight into the heart of new york's finest waterfowl hunting destination in just a moment i'm chad building we'll be right back with the foul life podcast coming straight out of new york bass Wood Lodge. I hope y'all are ready for it. But first, let me take a selfie. You can get the picture of the big deer. The greatest moments in hunting are private, and you can't capture on film. I don't want to. No. That's mine. I just think there's no, like, sacredness anymore in anything. It's like, everything is shared. Celebrities, like, wish my mom a happy birthday today. I'm like, what if I don't want to have a happy birthday? Yeah, yeah. that's my birthday. It's like, yeah. my birthday. I don't want to be happy. It's like, the my birthday. on you now. Thanks to Realtree, the provider, and dog truck collars, Chad Belding and the Foul Life crew is back at Nick McNamara's Basswood Lodge, and they'll be joining us with Tom Kubinek from Securit after the break. Hang on. The Answer 12. It's our new Foul Life Edition safe gun storage system from our friends at Securit. 
Brand new design, so much room, so much organization, so much potential, so many options. You can see videos on our YouTube, on episodes of Benelli's The Foul Life airing exclusively on the Outdoor Channel. We do everything with our Securit Answer 12 Foul Life Edition safe. Check them out at Securit.com right now and design your own. Get the cubbies, get the shelves, get the bungees, get the magnetic hanging hooks. You got plenty of room for 12 long guns in there and the organization that you can do with everything from knives to binos to dog training equipment to sporting clay equipment to eyewear ear protection all of your chokes all of your sights everything that you want you can organize it for different times of the year it might be dog training season it might be sporting clay season it might be duck season it might be turkey season organize it it is a safe built for the shot gunner my friends tom chris everybody in new york at secure it helped me design this safe our crew went to work on it and we have come up with a configuration that will allow you to make it your own comes with the magnet set with the foul life with lab and ducks and flocks, working geese, working ducks. The Foul Life Edition Secure It Answer 12 Safe is available right now at secureit.com. Check us out this coming February at the National Wild Turkey Federation Convention in Nashville, Tennessee. We will have more of them on site, on display, like we did last year in our booth. It's going to be magnificent. I hope you get a chance to get your hands on your own, organize it the way that you see fit. And when you open those doors and see what you've created, it's going to give you even more energy, even more aura, even more enthusiasm for this unbelievable lifestyle that we get to live as an American shotgunner, American duck hunter, turkey hunter, upland hunter, dog trainer. Let's do it. Get the Answer 12 Foul Life Edition right now at secureit.com. You can't go wrong with it. Thank you so much, Secureit, and thank you all so much for supporting the brands that support us here at the Foul Life Podcast and the Foul Life TV. Looking for a high-quality truck accessory that's built to last? Look no further than Lear. With over 50 years of experience in the industry, these guys know what it takes to make your ride look and performance best. Whether you're looking for a fiberglass or aluminum cap, a hard or soft cover, or accessories to customize your truck, Lear's got you covered. Their products are made with only the best materials, and their innovative features provide added convenience and security for truck owners. Head over to Lear.com to explore their range of products and take your driving experience to the next level. The birds are locked in, and Nick McNamara from Basswood Lodge has the Foul Life's own chat building and Tom Kubinak from Securit bagging their limits. It seems to me like everywhere that I look, it's Basswood Lodge. Like, you have a pretty good grip on this area. Yes, the places we go, it looks like we have everything, but then there's a lot of places I don't go. The high school kids hunt there. Guys I grew up with hunt there. And as far as distance goes, we could probably go a little further. There's so many people that have never been that far out of the city. It's crazy. But really, we're in the heart of the best stuff there is right here. The Foul Life's feature of Basswood Lodge is made possible by Yukonuba, Avery Outdoors, Six Sour, Corning Ford, Vortex optics and secure it now let's join the hunt with chad nick and tom this is kind of how i wanted to start this conversation is when i drove to the city last year after hunting with nick for eight nine days we were here um same amount of days we're here this week we always kind of come the last week of this molt migration season we've made it a tradition now it blew my mind like the difference that quote unquote concrete jungle of manhattan and queens and and Little Italy or Chinatown or the Bronx, whatever it might be, I was talking to Nick one day. I'm like, I bet you 90% of the people that live in that city don't know that this part of New York exists. This yeah. is like a, you live in Syracuse, which is a pretty big city, but you get a chance to get out to your farm. You understand that real New York is this, mm-hmm. right? Well, I live in Casanova, which is, I'm 30 minutes out of Syracuse. Town is 2,700 people on a lake up in the hills. So yeah, I live much closer to this. My office is in Syracuse, but yeah, most, and it's not just Manhattan. 
It's within an hour and a half, two-hour drive of Manhattan. It's just sprawling, strip mall crazy. And they have no idea. There's so many people that have never been that far out of the city. It's crazy. Do you even attempt to go to the city at all, Nick? Never. I've been there once. Seen it. In your whole life? Yes, sir. Are you a recluse? Like, you spend a lot of time on your own? I know your job entails clients and you're entertaining, but would you, are you kind of a, a loner when it, when you're not entertaining during duck and goose season? Maybe not loner, but I have a very small circle. Very small circle. Very small circle of friends and family, yeah. Talk to me a little bit about the network part of this business. This area is vast. There's a lot of country around this area. For There's sure. a lot of geese. Do you just say, okay, we're not going to go any further than we have to? But there's so much opportunity here that where there could be a ton of hunters in here. You've really got to be protective in a position that you're in. Or how do you manage this? Because it seems to me like everywhere that I look, it's Basswood Lodge. Like you have a pretty good grip on this area. Because your reputation's everything. You know what I mean? That's what it comes down to. A lot of the ground we have, the landowners have come to us. And said, hey, look, this guy said this is good stuff about you, that good stuff about you. We want to give you an opportunity. We're sick of the riffraff. The last guy that was here did this. The last guy did that. You know what I mean? It's easier for a lot of landowners to deal with one person than dealing with a lot of people. You know what I mean? And there's areas, yes, the places we go, it looks like we have everything. But then there's a lot of places I don't go. There's a lot of areas close to here. I do not go and hunt, period, because the high school kids hunt there. Guys I grew up with hunt there. So I'm not, it's not like we're trying to, we don't want to step on everybody's toes, but the ground we have is ground I've had a long time or I have opportunities to pick up over the years. You know what I mean? If that makes any sense. Um, And as far as distance goes, we could probably go a little further, but really we're in the heart of the best stuff there is right here. This is amazing. The best stuff there is is right here. That's where I want the gist of this conversation to be about. But before we go into how special this place is, because Ryan made mention when we got picked up the other night, he's like, this is just, the best can of goose hunting that you'll ever find, right? And I believe it. It's amazing. And I really wanted to bring Tom up here because he's a, another businessman in the state of New York. And he gets to, you know, experience this 15 birds per man per day. It's just an awesome time to be hunting Canada geese in an unreal location. But I often say that ducks ruined my life. Like, I've literally, like, gone insane because of a mallard duck. Mm-hmm. You know, I've missed parties and graduations and weddings oh, yeah. and like i told i said yesterday i hope nobody tries to invite me to a wedding in the fall because i'm not going yeah does it is it hard for you to with the amount of pressure that and i always said i'll never guide again because i always felt like man if we don't get them i'm refunding their money and you can't make a living doing that right how hard is it for you personally with your personality to relax and take your foot off the brake and not feel that pressure when you're always wanting to produce it's impossible you know, that pressure is always there. I think if you're in this business and that pressure is not there, you're in the wrong business. You're not being fair to your clients. Even if you're killing them day in and day out, there's going to come a point when it's going to get tough. You know, it's it's completely a hero to zero overnight business. Nobody cares what you shot yesterday. You know, nobody cares about what happened before they got there. Everybody wants to experience that themselves. So you just got to keep grinding, grind it out and keep working hard. That's the best you can do. And there's so many conditions that you can't control. So you have to control the controllables as best you can and just keep rolling with it and working hard and it always comes around. It always when you does. see an operation like this, Tom, 
you're a businessman, you understand what uh, prep means and what work ethic and sell star. Yeah. Like when you go into a situation like you've encountered the last 36 hours, you see how awesome these blinds are, the decoy spreads and how elaborate they are. They got UTVs ready to go. You see the shop and all the decoys mm-hmm. hanging in the blinds and the gear and the mechanical stuff. Like you got to be organized. We talked about that with the safe today. Right. Was it easy for you to spot, like, man, these guys really got their shit together? In hindsight, yes. At the time, what's really cool how well it works is everything is happening. It's like going to a really good restaurant. You're unaware of the waiter, but everything's happening. Everything's just kind of happening. The blinds are really well. They're positioned well. The fields are set up right. Everything's just moving. And it's kind of in hindsight, you look back saying, there is so much coordination. There's so There's a lot of moving parts to what you're doing right now. Absolutely. And clearly the people that have been working for you have either, I'm thinking they've been with you a long time and Most the young have. people that come in are basically indoctrinated very quickly into what your flow is because everything just happens. You're never in those situations of you're missing something. You're this, there's the, they got an ATV but doesn't fit everybody. They, all the, the little things that can go wrong, you've, you've, we've all seen those. It's, and if it can go it, wrong, it will go oh, wrong. Oh, yeah. But uh, you can tell it's just it's you've been doing this a while and uh, you clearly cut your teeth on this a long time ago and you just got it down. It's just it is well done. When you say things like if it will go if it can go wrong it will go wrong. Back to the part of this conversation is why is it so good here? Why why can't you go? 60 miles from here and how far do you have to go to where it's not that good? Like how big is this area of unbelievable molt migration or would you consider this an unbelievable? Canada goose destination on top of the September season. Yes, it's we keep geese here all throughout the fall. The the biggest thing is like I've we spoke on before, in October we're closed. When we reopen, it goes to late October we reopen, it goes to a three bird limit. Which this year it's a three bird limit. Last the last couple of years it's been a one bird limit, which kind of no one's gonna travel to shoot one goose. You yeah. know, guys will travel to shoot three. We're hunting ducks. Most of the time that time of the year, we do shoot geese while duck hunting, and we'll shoot geese in the afternoon. But it's everything, our little river systems, the St. Lawrence River, number one, our little river systems and all the other water that we have here and being in dairy country with chopped silage corn and chopped alfalfa, it's a buffet for the geese. So they can get here. They got all the food they need, the water they need, and it's pretty epic. And the birds that funnel through here got a funnel between the, around the Adirondacks as they head south. So they're kind of coming right up the, through the St. Lawrence River Valley. They go around the mountains and continue their journey south. Would this be considered, when you're coming out of the Adirondacks, is this kind of the first part of that buffet, the first part of agriculture that they're going to see? Yes, and we and we we hunt right to the end of the agriculture. You know what I mean? We've got ground in the southeast and southwest areas that go right to the end of farm country. You know, you can't go any further. There's no more farms for a long ways. Just woods and wilderness. Going back to the pressure comment, does the three bird limit, now that ups your revenue, that ups your ability to book goose hunters or your duck hunters are already coming. Does it put an, an unwanted pressure on you that that now they want to, want to stay in the field even longer because the limits go back up? Or is that not, does that not even come into the cards? Yeah, not so much then. Because um, the three bird limits, I'm not going to say easy to achieve because sometimes them geese can get really smart. But the pressure end of it, is just quality. You know, not everyone's worried about limits, right? You want to go out, you want to shoot geese. Like this 15 bird limit thing is just, I've said before, stupid. Like it's way too high. I think if they'd have left it at eight, it'd have been great. It'd have stayed better. There's an end line. You know what I mean? 
And and like I've said before, we really have a lot of people that have a really, really big day and then they judge every other day yeah. by that. You know, we almost used, like that snow goose hunting mentality. We exactly. We used to everybody used to think twenty geese was great. Now guys, you know, they shoot twenty, they want to hunt in the afternoon. You know, it's just, it's crazy. And that just irritates the shit out of me. Yeah, and it does. Like, it, it, it's yeah. it's tough to manage expectations and deal with all that. It can be. Do you deal well with a needy client? Like, do you try, I know that you try to make sure they're taken care of. You cater to these clients, but if you get a group that comes in here and has a, I mean, some of these groups come in here with six guys. I'm not very good at math, but that's upwards of 90 geese right there, right? It's six times 15, 90. And then they all of a sudden have a 30 day on Tuesday and they want to go back out in the afternoon. Do you automatically guarantee a two hunt day every day if they don't kill them? No, what I tell them is if we don't have a quality hunt in the morning, we will take you back out in the afternoon. And they have to realize too, another thing, if guys are hunting in the afternoon, this is what happens. When the hunting gets tough, everybody works harder. Number one, everyone's working harder, hunting twice a day, less people scouting, right? If all the, if everyone's mm-hmm. hunting in the afternoon, guys aren't getting on the road like they should be. Birds are hearing more calling. Birds yeah, all are hearing that, more, more pressure, more pressure. Yeah. Oh, that box blind. Yeah, well, you hunt it every day anyways. If it's one of them scenarios, yeah, but not having people sitting there screaming at them all afternoon is still different, yeah. even though the rig might be out, that sort of thing. Um so the afternoon thing is what it is. I mean, if you go and, and we're fair, if guys want to hunt, if they kill ten geese, we're going to bring them hunting, and I don't blame them for wanting to go. But you gotta, you gotta kind of put your foot down sometimes. From day one, I've always ran this business the same way. I treat everybody the same, fair. And if you're not happy with the way we do it, I would just assume you went and hunted with somebody else. You know, you fit into the way we do things, and I think we're more than fair with everybody. That's why there's people that have been coming for. Over 15 years, every single year. Then we'll get groups of guys that come two, three years. All of a sudden, they have three-day hunt where it wasn't what they thought it should be. Then you lose them. And guess what? Two years later, they come right back because they went and saw the other side. It's just you got to kind of stick to your guns. And if you're doing it right, it's going to work out. Tom, with everything that happened, and I'm not even going to say any of the elements, all of the different pieces that went into these hunts. Just the hunt part of it, not the lodge, not the meals, none of that. Just the hunt part of it. All of those different things that went in. What was your favorite? What's your favorite thing looking back? Like, what do you acknowledge the most about the actual hunting time? Does that question make sense? Yeah, I think what's what is the most appealing part of the hunting yeah, hours. Yeah, let me say this or, also. Let's take out camaraderie because no, 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 we, no, no, we, no, could, we yeah. always are going to have good banter. Yes, but I'm talking yeah. about the technical part of goose hunting. <laughs> if people knew the banter, no. no the te- <laughs> it's arrival on scene first as the sun is just cracking and people and things are still setting up. It's like, it's like the magic is about to start. And, and you, you have no idea what the day is going to be. It's a world of possibility. And then when, when the first groups are coming in and you get the bigger groups and they're high, you're, you guys are calling – and you see, all of a sudden you see them, they just stop. And you know they're descending. And it's like, they got them. And that whole process of, of and it's for people who don't waterfowl hunt, it's just not like quack, quack, quack. They come in and you shoot them. It's not easy to get these birds in. I'm watching, you're down, but you're kind of peeking and like, and just what it takes. It's just so much fun to watch it unfold, to have just that anticipation. So would you say the calling is one of your favorite parts, the vocalization? Watching the birds react to the calling. The calling. And when, they, when, they, when they're all flapping, all of a sudden you see all their wings stop and you know you just know they're descending. They may not come in or not, but at least they're engaging. And people think that birds see a bunch of birds on a field and they just fly down land and hang out. 
I mean, you do it more than anybody I know, but there's a process to which how many passes are they making before they're actually, you know, it's almost like watching a like a plane land where you're coming into a pattern, they're turning, they're going downwind, they're losing altitude, they're doing their base. I mean, there's this whole process that these birds go through to get in that position to land. It's just really fun to watch. I agree. You know, it's- um, how important is calling during this molt migration season? Very important. If I want a guide for you, do you say, let me hear you call? Uh, I've never made people, number one, if you start for me, you're not a guide. Unless, unless you've got a proven track record from somewhere else that someone I know very well, you know, you'll start as a helper. You're going to have somebody else with you. We're going to feel you out. And it's not that, I don't want to say we're, we're not judging you, but we're just making sure you fit in, making sure you got what it takes before you're going to be the guy that takes a group on your own. So obviously, if you can't call, you're not going to be a very successful hunter for geese. It's just hmm. just the way it is. I, um, question for you regarding that. If you get a group in, you got this migration going, and they're high and good calling. I see I see the results. Do you get groups in that think they're callers, but they're not? And you're yeah. and you're and you're sitting there doing your thing and you're like, and these guys are going, you're like you're oh, yeah. cringing oh, yeah, because you they know what they're doing. <laughs> yes. <laughs> there Wait, comes a point where do you, do you tell them, say, guys, look. Yeah, you have uh, to let me call these in because what you're doing is not worth it. You have to tread lightly, yeah. uh, which I do because I try to be polite. I don't yeah. want to insult anybody or anything like that. I mean, they're paying us to bring them hunting. If they want to blow a call, part of their experience. Now, same mm-hmm. with anything, you know, yeah. you try to keep them as hands off as you can. Yeah. And, and, I, and I don't say that to be rude, but they're not running the hunt. You're the guide. That's true. They're the client. Yeah. Uh, that's why they hired you. So if you're just screaming at migrators and they're high, I don't think it matters much what it sounds yeah. like. But now when it gets to finishing them, yeah, you know, so I'll just say, hey, hey, lay off, lay off, lay off, you know, quieter. Just let me, once we get to a point, mm-hmm. let me finish them, that sort of thing. But yeah, I mean, that's that's something it's we deal with. Absolutely. Yeah, there's, absolutely. There's some egos. There's some egos in a, yeah. in a hunting blind sometimes. Oh, uh, you think about the, yeah. those different parts I was asking you about. There's the dog work. There's the decoy setup. There's I want to take as much pride in concealing blinds as I do in being an efficient caller, right? Absolutely. You know, like those blinds that you guys have disappear. And you look at them, you're like, man, those blinds are out in the middle of nowhere. Well, if you fly a drone and you look at all the tree lines and all the surrounding, oh, yeah. you know, all the insa- the habitat around, it's just another tree line. And yep. they're, and they, But there's so much work that goes into every part of it that you got to – to be an efficient waterfowl hunter, you got to learn every part of the game. Like you said, you hire him as a helper. Yeah. You have to learn every part of the game. Like if you are in a generational business, like dad owns six car dealerships, your dad's not going to say, "Okay, you're the GM one day when exactly. you graduate college." No, you're going to be yeah. sweeping the floor in the service or, or you should be. You're going to yeah, you're yeah. going to learn the right. entire business yeah. every step of the way. Yeah, if you're going to work yourself up to CEO or GM yeah. or whatever, right? Yeah. And that's what it is about. You want to be the CEO of that hunt. You want to know that you went yeah. through every part of it and learned it, right? And calling is the most romantic part because it's romance, it's negotiation, it's conversing, it's smack talking, it's confrontation. But to me, I've always said it's a negotiation between me and a wild animal. And I I do want to be able to say, all right, I want him to put on the brakes right now. And I want to hit him with that train moan and see him go, oh, God. And then like, see, and like, you're not going to get that on every flock. Right. And then the, the next six might just do it and listen to every word you say. Like this morning when that hunt started, I was like... Yep, they like what we're saying today. They're yeah. they're eating it up, right? They're eating it up. Let me ask you this: when it comes to equipment, though, and you made a well, let me, call, can oh, I, go ahead, can go I ahead. Yeah, like please. another thing, as far as a guide goes, a lot of people love to hunt, 
right? Oh, I'd love to hunt. I'd love to be a guide. I'd love, you know, yeah, we'll do it 25 days in a row, right? And then all the grunt work that goes into it ahead of time. Because the way I see it, we're a team, you know, we got to cut cedar. We got a lot of work to do before we ever even touch a decoy. Yeah. And I had a local guy one time, thought he was a big goose killer, wanted a job. So I said, come on, we'll talk to me. Halfway through our conversation, he says, well, I'm not into all that grunt work. I just want a guide. So I yeah. kind of chuckled to myself. Well, <laughs> this is the last conversation we're having. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. And then I've had some young kids I've had over the years who, uh, you know, you're smashing them, smashing them. And then they get an opportunity. Hey, I need you to hunt this afternoon. You know, when the hunting's hot, like they're going to get them. Ah, you want to go? You know, ah, you're never going to make it, bud. You're never going to no. make it. You got to be mad at them every day. Every, you know, yeah. it is what it is. Otherwise, the longevity of being a guy is not going to work. Yeah, I've always thought about the guides that don't go hunting on their off day. Like if you're not out hunting and, and really honing your skills during the season and you get a chance to find out, I get it. There's things you got. Yeah. You got to go take kids school, whatever it is. There's always yeah. things. But is there a different mentality with today's guide than there was when you were coming up? You think when I was coming up, I hunted every single day. If I had a day off, I hunted, 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 hunted. I mean, I get it. If a guy's gone 10, 12 days and he wants to, and it, your age makes a big difference too. I go 10, 12 days. Guess what? I'm tired, yeah. but I'm 44 years old. I'm not 22. When I was 22, I wasn't tired. Yeah. You know what I mean? I had, you had a lot more stamina. Do you still energy. love it at 44 as much as you did at 22? Oh yeah. Are you still as mad at him? Not as mad at him as I used to be. But you still love but I every want my aspect? help to be. You want your help to be. Yeah. Is Spencer mad at him? Yeah, Spencer's very, very angry at him. Is Spencer, is he a, a loner? Does he like people? I can't read the guy, and I love him. Don't get me wrong, but does he like people? He likes some people. <laughs> <laughs> nice. No, he's actually a really good people person. He really is. He's just, he's there for one reason, and that's to kill birds. He's a killer, right? He's a killer. The intensity. Dude, when you see a guy like Spencer, and I'm not around him enough, I'm you know I'm with him eight, nine days a year, which hopefully that turns into more if I get a job here. Um, but I don't want to hunt. I don't want to guide. Like, I'm telling you, guiding is not easy. No, it's it so can hard. be. It can be a lot. It all depends on the, who you're taking, and just you know little and little things will wear on you. You know, you know, you got you always got the guy in a group going over there, right there, over there, right there, right there. Call here they come, yeah, like yeah, bud. They're two miles away, or they're going the other way, or it's the group we just shot into, or it's the group we just called, and those little things can wear on you day in and day out. You know, it's. And everybody's threshold for putting up with people is different. How does it? How often does a guide like when you say Spencer's a killer, Ryan's a killer? You got a lot of good hunters in here. Matt Williams, a hell of a hunter. Yeah. You got a lanyard that is. I don't even know how you hold your neck up. It's got so many bands on. You've been doing this. You're a killer. How? When does ego play a role in that? Do you see a lot of ego? Because when I was coming up in the the duck calling contest and the go to East of Maryland, the worlds or the U S open. And, and you probably see it in business too. Tom is like, there's a lot of ego in waterfowl hunting in a lot of areas. Do you cut that out in a heartbeat or do you get the character when they're coming up? Like, Hey, this kid's going to get, cause Spencer could be like, dude, I can't do anything wrong. I'm, I'm killing freaking 60, 70 geese a day. I mean, obviously I'm in the right spot. Nick's relationships and the networking is gone. Do they see that? Or do you still deal with ego when, when these guys are, are that good at what they do? I don't put up with ego at all here. We're a team. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I mean, Spence is out right now. We're going out again to help another guy that struggled this morning. It what you know, Spencer got him good this morning. I mean, a lot of guys would be like, well, what do I got to go for? You know, because I need you to. That's why. Because I asked you to. It's your job. 
I'm not going to get any 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 shit from any of these guys when I ask them to do something. Now, I've had guys with egos, and you're right. Egos in the waterfowl business, I don't know what it is, but it's unbelievable. It really is. It, it, it's unbelievable. I don't think I've ever had an ego. You know, I've been a, a, a competitive person, but never really an ego. I don't know. I don't get it. But social media, I mean, when I was coming up, there was none of that, right? So, you didn't right. – people, now it's just a contest. Who can shoot more, you know – I'm I'm very happy when I was new at this and, and whatnot that that wasn't part of the game. You know, it wasn't. And who cares? Like, I try to tell people, who cares what somebody 30 miles, 100 miles, three states away did today? Who cares? Yeah. I don't care. If they're my friend, they're going to call me and tell me, you know. They're going to text it What day. difference does it make? Yeah, my baby took their first steps today. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, put it on who gives a shit. Yeah. Oh, so-and-so. Text that to your mom. So-and-so got 105 today. I don't care. <laughs> yeah, it's like social media has made yeah. everybody be like, they've. They, everybody has a mentality that people care. Yeah. No, they yeah. don't. Yeah. It's like, it's yeah. crazy. We're, that's a whole other conversation. But Tom, when you think back about. The calling, that bird setting up and them coming in, the anticipation of them finishing, yeah. are we going to get to shoot? Did you have any, like, thoughts or of, like, man, there's no way I'm going to miss these big targets? Because they are big targets. But waterfowling is so precision. You know, like, everybody's thinking, well, if it's not a rifle and it's not a scope, there's no precision. Flock shooting is bad. The size of the bird is manipulative to the mind of, like, don't have to lead it. Right. I can yep. just put it right there. He's moving so slow. There's so much that goes into completing that last part, right? Absolutely. And when they do present that shot, right, you're just like that's well. It comes back to you. Know, I look at like long range precision shooting or some of the other things. I'm not a big moving target shooter. I spend a lot more time at distance. So you make the comment, pick a bird, and it's so important because in the flock, when there's a lot of birds in the air. The instinct is just to unload into the flock. You're not gonna hit anything. So no, it's like you gotta, you gotta clear your mind of everything. Choose a target. That's the one you're taking, and you're and you're and then take the target, make that shot. Don't, you know, because my first birds come in, I'm just like, oh crap, boom, boom. So I didn't hit anything because you're, I'm not targeting, I'm shooting, I'm not targeting anything. If I focus on one thing, one, thirty birds are coming in, I can only shoot one with this with the shell that's in there. Pick one and set it up, make that shot, and when you've made it, okay, pick another bird. And sometimes everybody's shooting. So much commotion. I didn't shoot time. You don't shoot because you're seeing birds going down. So I don't have a target. I'm not just going to unload into the air. There's, you know, the discipline is still important. And for guys who don't do this kind of shooting a lot, it's, it's really that, that pick your target is really important. And I, I had to really think about it on every time they came in now is pick one and just stay with it. And I miss first time, stay with it and just take them out. Where does it go from here when you meet a guy like we'll end this conversation by, talking about the camaraderie part of waterfowling, friendships being built, could turn into a future client, could book a corporate hunt with you. He brought you a safe. Oh, I think I'll be back up here. I'm very, <laughs> I'm already, very, my gears are already turning. I'm very, very appreciative of that safe. The yeah. safe is legit, right? The yes, whole that idea safe of the is answer awesome. Um, how do you go about it now? Do you exchange numbers with the guy? Do you wait to get the – like? Tom wants to talk to you about booking hunt. How do you, I know that you're not real aggressive with like going after him yeah. as a client. I'm not saying that at all, but how do you do that now? Because like, I'm looking at this as like future revenue for you to where maybe secure it brings a group of eight distributors or dealers up or their yeah. entire office one for a week or whatever. Right? Like how do you look at it as an entrepreneur of creating revenue when you meet new people in camp? 
try to impress everybody and treat them the yeah. way they want to be treated, okay. you know, in business world, personal life. And number one, I'm going to sell Tom some safes because that safe's <laughs> not just because he gave me one, but that safe is awesome. And he's taught me the difference between that safe and a lot of other safes that are out there. Mm-hmm. I mean, that thing, that thing speaks for itself. A lot of people are going to see that. And he's going to get some orders out of it. So he's going to work both ways. He'll bring yeah. you yeah. business, and, and yeah. that's the way it's oh, we'll supposed be, to. I'll be, I'll be back up here. This is it's such a needy. I'm trying to figure out a way. Of, my boy, one in college and one lives in London. I'm still trying to figure out how can I coordinate this to get them both here. Because I'd love to get my boys up here. They would, they would just eat this up. Oh, yeah, I love it. They, they would love. They, we've done a I lot of pheasant it. hunting. I've not taken my my boys have not been goose hunting that I know of. But and then the business side of it is doing an annual event with either the senior team or pick a few a handful of people, and you want you want a small group. Let's face it; I mean, three, four max. I think three is probably a good size group. Eight or ten. Come. I mean, we can we can talk about that. No, it's <laughs> even bigger groups. Yeah, three. Three. <laughs> yeah. No, I'm thinking about who's because they get eight guys. You're going out. They're going out in a couple of groups. Yeah. Yes, sir. And I'm just thinking, who would I want to hunt with? Well, it's does, good. I'm glad does, we did it. Does everybody have the same experience? I don't Every, know because I find it there's this, this this magic of interacting with nature on their terms, kind of. You know, you're you're communicating with the birds, and you're good at it, and it works. You can see this stuff happening. Does everybody? Does, a lot of people have no appreciation for this. I, I don't know. I'm not. Oh, there's plenty of people like that yeah, out there. Yeah. Oh, yeah. All they're worried about is what the pile looks like at the end of the day. Yeah. It's just. Uh, I mean. Yeah, I get a whole but but I think there's a. A level of maturity to every part of your hunting career. Yeah. Absolutely. There was a time when I wanted the yeah. strap picture. I wanted yeah. the the pile. There was a yeah. time when I, you know, now I'm, I want the dog. I want to see the dog work. I, I, I want yeah. to know the science and the biology around it. I want to yeah. know conservation about, about it. I want to know the compassion for the res- you know, the animal and the respect for the resource. I want to, I, there, there's just different levels. I can't expect an 18 year old to, to think like I do. No, and I don't no, want to think like an 18 year old. Like you do now when you were 18. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And, and, and the older you get, you know, you think about your parents, like what we put them through. And I'm like, oh, talk about karma now with my daughter. <laughs> mm-hmm. But you, you hear the old Toby Keith song about, I wish I didn't, you know, I wish I knew more now than I, or d- that I didn't, I don't remember the lyric, but pretty much the analogy is, I wish I knew now what I didn't know back then. No, that's the lyric. I wish I knew back then what I know now yes. so I could think different. Right. And I got that whole lyric messed up because it's a totally oxymoron kind of lyric. But there's there's just things that I wish I was doing in my 20s. When I was, I started oh, yeah. hunting when I was 27. Yeah. For and real. I got, yeah. So I started hunting ducks and calling ducks when I was 27 years old. So I wish that it, when I first started that I would have been like, oh, man, I'm going to get a dog and hunt tests. And yeah. I wish I would have been like, oh, man, I'm going to become an unreal shotgunner and i'm Mm -hmm. gonna go to the sporting there's different levels of the game absolutely there's so many different levels and when i meet somebody that's at a different level of the game than i am like man i wish i had a freaking dog that had 18 grands and nine. you know all of the stuff that you do they go like man i wish i'd have started that earlier i wish i'd have done things a little bit different yeah i look at fred zinc i'm like damn it i wish i would have freaking got into carving decoys right because look at what Freddie's built with Avian X and he yeah. sold the kind of oh, yeah. there's just different levels of every game and you gotta know where you fit in. You gotta be happy with what you're doing. You have to stay in your lane and you have to know that you're blessed for what you have. And and you can always look because of what you just said with social media. Everybody's living their best life. Everybody's getting them. Everybody's happy. Everybody's got the hot girlfriend. Every girl's mm-hmm. got the the best boyfriend and they get them in the best date life and and the, their hunts are perfect and da 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 right it's not that's not what life's about man you got to take every day and go you know what i'm blessed 
My buddy Austin Riley's might go to the World Series for the Braves this year. He just signed a $210 million contract. I called him as soon as I heard him. I went, dude, freaking unreal. Yeah. I don't want to have envy. Yep. I don't want to have jealousy. And I think that that whole social media deal of hunting and the yep. and the ego and everything breeds that. Yes, it does. And the faster you mature past that and go, dude, I don't care how good you think you are on a call. I want to host the foul life because I'm the best. I've won the yeah. world duck three times. Yeah. Nobody you, cares. The yeah. thing people don't realize. And, and if, you are the, if you are the best, good for you. Good Congratulations. For you. You're I mean, just a duck caller. But the, 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 don't look down on me. You know what I mean? Yeah, whatever. I just hunted with firefighters you know, that freaking lost people in 9-11. Right. There's, big, there's, there's different levels of the game. Yep. So I, I just wanted to get us together. I'm glad that Tom came up here. He's freaking a shit talker, too. Like, that dude talked a lot of smack in the blinds <laughs> this week. I had no idea. I mean, he is a smack talker. And I don't know if the editors are watching this, but they're going to see on those little Osmo cameras. Oh, there's some shit. There's some shit went out of those blinds. You're right. That's, that was, that's not smack talk. That's called, I think it's comedic relief. Comedic relief. That's yeah. a Shakespearean deal. Yeah, comedic relief. Comedic you know, relief. the, the thing you hit on social media, the greatest parts of what happens in a hunt can't be photographed. You know, yep. that, that's the thing that people realize, especially in hunting, is the from I do a lot of whitetail hunting. You can get the picture of the big deer, and the, but the greatest moments in hunting are private, and you can't capture on film. I don't want yeah. to. No. That's mine. And that's, I, it's, that's yeah. mine, and nobody else gets yeah. it. Sacredness yeah. has been lost. Yeah. Perf- um, legitimacy is, I just think there's no like sacredness anymore in anything. It's like everything is shared. Um, yeah. celebrities like wish my mom a happy birthday today. I'm like, I've never met your mom. I love what is shit. your mom going to get out of these 9,000 people saying yeah. happy birthday? I don't want to get off on a social yeah. media tangent, but God, I no. got a lot of and issues. Sometimes with I'm like, what if I don't want to have a happy birthday? Yeah, that's yeah. my birthday. It's like yeah. my birthday. I want to be happy. Right, it's like the pressure's birthday. on you now. Yeah. You got to go out and have a happy birthday. Don't tell one. me what kind of birthday that's to have. Right. It's my birthday. Yeah, it's like, hey, Chad, it's the, your birthday. What Do you want us to put it up on the foul live page? And I'm like, no. Yeah. The, I want the people that know me to say happy birthday or like yeah. my mom, you know, it's just, it's crazy. <laughs> it's crazy to me. Like people think we care. <laughs> we don't care. We don't care. No. Welcome to Basswood Lodge. We don't care. I don't think yeah. that would work no, because then you got to, your clients got to yeah. know that we you care. care a lot. We care a lot. We don't care about social media. No, no, I don't. I don't either. No. You don't even. You're not even really on social media. No, not really. I. Uh, it's just not my thing. No, I get thing. it. I'd do anything for it to go away. I remember yeah. like 2005, 2006, 2007, 2008. I believe it was. I was in Buck Paradise. Paradise Hill, Saskatchewan at Buck Paradise Outfitters. And we were going for an afternoon scout. And my guy, Brandon Scheiber up there, who's a guide for Grant Kuypers. Now he owns the Cree Lake Lodge. He's got a fly-in fishing operation for Lake Trout and uh, Pike that is amazing operation. Cree Lake Lodge, anybody listening? Book big, a trip. Big Pike? Big Pike and Big Lake Trout. Big. It's all flying only. There's no UTV trails. There's no truck trails. Jeep trails, nothing. It's all pontoon, just mm-hmm. flying in. Um, I'm like, what are you doing? He's in his truck on a laptop. And I'm like, what in the frick are you doing? You're not studying. He's like, oh, I'm on book face or Facebook. Call book face. <laughs> I'm like, what's Facebook? He's like, oh, it's this thing, dude. I'm talking to like eight chicks in Calgary and 10 in Edmonton and all this shit. I'm like, what is it? And he's like, oh, you go in there and share pictures. I'm like, I have no idea. I was just yeah. up there to freaking look for mallards. And that it started way back then, like 08, 09. Yeah. Yeah. And then it's just like Change everything now. Change the world. All right. That's Nick from Basswood Lodge. That's Mr. Tom from Secure It. Thank you for bringing the safe. 
Sure. Thank you, Tom. Thank you for the memories. Thanks. This was a great, great trip. Great, yeah, great three days. All right, websites, basswoodlodge.com. Basswoodhunting.com. Basswoodhunting.com. Secure it, gunstorage.com. Just Google secure it. Just Google secure it. Google the name. Badass Oliver. saves. Everything they Badass made. Badass saves. The Fastbox 20. I got save, I got nine of them in my house now. Yeah. Nine saves. That little 20 is amazing. Oh man, that's, that's, it's, they're awesome. When you start see seeing coming. his, yeah, wait to see what's when coming. You start seeing the way he's put all this together. Like you go up my closet, they're on the shelves. You open the closet, you open my hall pantry closet. My pantry's got one in it. My shower, decentralized he's, firearm storage. Yes, decentralized. People gotta firearm learn about storage. that. Thank you all for listening to another episode of the Foul Life Podcast. Got more exciting episodes to come as we get into the season. We're headed to Alberta and Saskatchewan. Here, can't wait to see my boys at Buck Paradise, Grant Kuyper and Barkley Fisher, Dave Stanley. If you guys want to hear anything, girls want to hear anything specifically, hit us up at info at thefowllife.com or check out thefowllife.com for more of the upcoming episodes of Benelli's, the Foul Life TV exclusively on the Outdoor Channel. We're filming season 16 right now. And we're kicking it off at Basswood Lodge again. Thanks for coming back. We're going to hammer them tomorrow. Hammer them. Let's go scout. Can I go scout now? Yeah. Are we in, should we go bring the binoculars and film a scout? Let's just film everything. Don't you love being on camera? I love it. I love it. <laughs> Thanks, everybody. Waterfowl fact number 90. There's a lot of ego in waterfowl hunting. Who cares what somebody 30 miles, 100 miles, three states away did today? Who cares? And sometimes everybody's shooting so much commotion. I didn't shoot time. You don't shoot because you're seeing birds going nuts. I don't have a target. I'm not just going to unload into the air. The Foul Life's highlight of Basswood Lodge was made possible by Bad Boy Mowers, Jack Links, and Oakley Sunglasses. Now hang on because Chad will return after the break to wrap up this episode of The Foul Life featuring Nick McNamara and Tom Kubinick. Stay right there. Hey everybody, it's Chad Belling with The Foul Life Podcast. I'm so excited to announce the 2023 Benelli Migration Madness Sweepstakes. From August 1st through October 31st, 2023, go to shoot-on.com. Again, that is shoot-on.com forward slash Benelli Migration Madness for your chance to be entered to win over $15,000 in prizes, including a collection of Benelli Super Black Eagle 3s and 3.5 inch 12 gauge, 3 inch 20 gauge, and the new 28 gauge all decked out in the new Realtree Max 7 camouflage pattern. Also included is a $4,000 online shopping spree from our friends at Banded, Greenhead Gear, and Avery Outdoors, plus three cases of ammo for each of the SBE3s from Federal Premium and a pair of Wing Shooter Alpha Shield hearing protection that are valued at over $1,400 a pair. It's the 2023 Benelli Migration Madness Sweepstakes brought to you by our friends at Banded and Federal Premium Ammunition from August 1st to October 31st. Again, go to shoot-on.com forward slash Benelli Migration Madness to be entered to win that $15,000 and prizes. I'm Chad Belding. Good luck to everybody. When it comes to setting up the perfect spread, there's one crucial element. Motion. Ducks have sharp eyes, and static decoys won't fool them for long. That's where motion decoys step in, bringing your spread to life and creating an irresistible scene. So why are motion decoys so important? Ducks are social creatures, and they seek cues that signal safety for landing. By adding motion to your spread, you're telling passing flocks that it's all clear and inviting them to join the party. Mojo's spinning wing decoys emulate the flash of 
duck wings from afar to draw them in and finish them like magic. Mojo's decoys are specifically designed to catch ducks' attention, and Mojo's motion decoys shine on those calmer low wind days when natural water movement is lacking. So if you're serious about bringing ducks to your blind, embrace the power of motion decoys with Mojo and head for MojoOutdoors.com today. Get your waterfowl knowledge right here. People get it right here. Basswood Lodge is amazing. I absolutely love it. We'll be back year after year. I just love how pretty the country is. It's a slow down part of the country. You get to pump the brakes. It's a blast. The food's awesome and the hunting's awesome. The camaraderie's awesome. Memories, stories, the legacy of what Basswood Lodge is and how Nick is building his clientele, how hard he and his guides work. It's just awesome to be here. All the way across the country, we're starting our season here. Last year, we started down with with the boys down in South Texas and El Campo with Steve Biggers and Terry Demon from Mojo. And then we came up here to Basswood Lodge. This year, we didn't do the teal. We came straight to Basswood Lodge in upstate New York, and it was awesome. The goose hunting is second to none. And I love spending time with Nick and Tom and getting to throw down on a podcast like that. I hope you all enjoy it. Secure it. What can I say? The lockers in our trailer, the gun safes, the gun storage rooms, everything from the answers, the fast boxes. It's just ingenious product. It makes sense. Tom's whole ideology on firearm storage, the safety part of it, the security part of it. It just makes sense. 100% total sense. Secrecy is everything. Education, practicing with your safes. The new Foul Life Edition Answer 12 are available right now. This safe is built for the shotgun hunter. It's an organizational system. No matter what time of year it is, upland hunting, waterfowl hunting, sporting clays, dog training, you name it. You can organize this safe for different times of the year. The cubbies, the hooks, the shelving, the boot system, the locking system for all of your barrels, your long guns, your shotguns. This is the ultimate shotgunner safe. It was built with us in mind, guys and girls, the shotgunner, the upland hunter, the waterfowl hunter, ducks, geese, it doesn't matter. The Answer 12 Foul Life Edition was built with the shotgunner in mind. Make it your own. Create your organization the way that you see it. Paint your own masterpiece. I'm absolutely thrilled to have Tom and secure it as the official firearm storage and gun safe systems of the Foul Life podcast and the Foul Life TV. You can catch brand new episodes of Benelli's The Foul Life Season 15 airing right now on the Outdoor Channel exclusively and you'll see these secure at gun storage systems and the safes in action. We're fired up. We got a lot of good shows coming up. We're going to be headed to Canada so you're going to hear Barkley Fisher and Grant Kuypers and Dave Stanley. My boy Blake Fahm, he's going to be up there with me from the Martinez Gun Club. All the guides, all of my friends from Jack Daniels are going to join us in Saskatchewan and Alberta. It's the Foul Life Podcast coming at you thank you all so much for the downloads the subscriptions and please go give us a review you like us you don't like us give us a one star five star tell us what we can improve on critique us we want to be the best at it we want to set ourselves apart and we want to bring you high energy and a lot of entertainment with every episode right here at the foul Life podcast thank you all so much for listening for nick mcnamara of basswood lodge tom kubinek of secure it firearm storage i'm chad belding your host of the foul Life podcast thank you all very much we'll talk to you soon